NHL fantasy. All right, family, how's it going? Podcast 251. It's been probably a month since we did our last podcast. Uh, just been enjoying this hot weather and rain. It's tough to, to get one done. But um, Monday, July 10th, 2023, uh, topshotfancy.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at topshotfntsy. Dallas Craig, it's been a, quite a bit. How's it going? Dude, pretty good. But yeah, it's been, I don't even know. I don't even know what we talked about the last time we podcasted. So this is uh, this would be a good one. Get into it, some. It, it was <laughs> a pod- D Hop and Dove and Cook, and still yeah. <laughs> no answers to it yet. So that's the other thing too. There hasn't been like a blockbuster like signing or anything that we need to like hop on immediately. Like this is an urgent update. So uh, it's been it. a bunch of dead stuff, and in the fantasy community, it's a bunch of speculation and sleepers, deep sleeper, and. It just hype stuff. Yeah, it's a ton of hype stuff, and preseason hasn't even started. So, I mean, training camps are probably towards the end of the month, and so there's just a lot of uh, unnecessary fluff out there. But uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, like you said, kind of rainy and depressing. (laughs) When the biggest news around here is that the Bruins are re-signing Milan Lucic. We've got issues. <laughs> well, I got to update not only that he resigned, but he's he's going back to his old number 17. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, like, I was like, that guy's still in the league? Like, all right, here we go. So, you know, some football news. I think the biggest news that we have as a, as a top-shelf unit is Scott's, uh, I don't know, ability to get us into the Scott Fishbowl for the first time in the years that we've been trying. They're drafting on Saturday, um, right this coming Saturday. Yeah. July 15th, I think that's the date. Yep, July 15th Boston. at Lansdowne Pub. Uh, draft starts at 12.30. It's open to, to the public, so uh, if you're around the area or bored, come on down. There's a bunch of raffles and sweet prizes like Celtics tickets, fantasy memberships, draft guides, a bunch of other stuff too. So, yeah, I think I saw one was like, I don't know if it's blind bidding or raffle tickets or whatnot, but you get like a sweet luxury box to a Celts game next year. Oh damn! So I'm gonna go heavy on that. Yeah, that's it's sick. Sweet. Yeah, and if you guys, I mean, you guys probably can't come, but if not, um, Venmo me whatever, like twenty bucks, and I'll give you a, like a sleeve of raffle tickets and toss it in. And I then you're gonna say, and then not tell you that you. I'll pick anybody you want for our team. <laughs> no, I'm, no, no. <laughs> but if you guys win, I'll just say, oh, no, no, that was me. <laughs> Thanks for the 20. That was my number, I swear. <laughs> but yeah, that's Saturday. Pretty ex- pumped about that. I still need to do a lot of research with all this crazy scoring formats they do. So, Well, it's I'm- tough with it this early, too. I mean, like... You could be taking a yeah. depth guy and you think like, oh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson has good value at, you know, whatever round you're seeing them hanging around there at. And then all of a sudden, Dalvin Cook ends up signing there. There goes any value at all in those guys until somebody gets hurt. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like where D-Hop and Cook go in these drafts because it's such yeah. an unknown. Yeah, um, I mean, like you just take D-Hop and you put him on the Chiefs. You're like, okay, I love it. You take D-Hop and you put him on the Pats. You're like, love it a lot less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of those two guys, uh, still not signed. We talked about that a month ago. Um, I know D-Hop has offers from the past and the Titans. Titans a little more aggressive. And then Cook has multiple offers, but is more linked to the Dolphins, which I think should happen. Yeah, I mean, for, for Dalvin Cook, I mean, let's start there. I think the Dolphins make a ton of sense. I think it's a great fit for him. I still think Minnesota was the best fit, but I have to move on from that, um, at least from a fantasy perspective. And if he goes there, I think NFL-wise, Dalvin Cook has a ton of value, and Miami also benefits from the signing. As far as fantasy goes, I think it creates a huge headache for Dalvin Cook owners if it's a dynasty league and you already have him. I think you're looking at a massive uh, down downward slope from whatever he had last year. Now, could I be wrong? Yeah. But we've never seen McDaniel use just one guy. It's always been multiple people. 
And we already know that he has ties to Jeff Wilson or he most certainly likes both of them. Plus you have the rookie uh, Devin Ashan there as well. So I would be very cautiously optimistic about the high end ceiling for Dalvin Cook this year. I think it'll be the lowest of his career. Um, but who knows? He could be a LeGarrette Blunt year where he's the goal line guy. He has 16 touchdowns and he finishes a top 10 running back still. But I think he's going to be much more touchdown dependent than he's ever been in his career. Greg, thoughts? I have, I have nothing to add except, you know, it's, again, it's just so much speculation. I, I did hear a small report that he didn't like the offer that the, the Dolphins have given him. Um, so it doesn't sound like he's been, you know, getting quite a market value that he, you know, expects. And I think we all kind of expected that to be the case because of the way that the market value, uh, value is on running backs right now. Uh, so it's just, it, it, it's all up in the air. He's going to be signing towards the la- last part of the, the you know, training camp maybe and and you know maybe waiting for a team that uh has an injury at the position it's 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 all you know landing spot uh dependent and with with um you know with with the miami dolphins i i think it's it's already a a scary backfield to be part of um fantasy wise and you add cook to that just gets scarier couldn't agree more uh, Javante Williams uh, should be ready for the start of the season. Uh, great news. Still early, um, so we'll see. But the, the the team said it. He said it. So if you're an owner of him, get I feel pretty happy. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic I would... news. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean for for dynasty purposes too. Like I I actually for the first time felt comfortable taking him in dynasty draft. Um, and it's extreme value right now because I believe it was the third round that I got him. I mean, you know, going into it uh, before his knee injury, everyone was talking about the guy being a first round, you know, selection in dynasty draft. So, um, you know, for the for the season, it might start slow. You know, we've we've all seen it with every other running back, Saquon to be, you know, another one. Um, it, most recently to see him sl- start slow, um, and and we'll see uh, how it happens. But he's gonna come back, and 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 he's gonna be the running back for Sean uh, Payton that that's gonna put up a lot of uh, fantasy points towards the back half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I definitely it's an, it, well, it's very interesting. That you say you got him in the third round. I think that's exactly what everybody's question is, right? Like, where does this news move him in the draft? Had it been. Or will, or will it be even sooner now that people say, oh, he's good to go, put him back in the first round. We saw what he can do on the field when healthy, and it's elite running back caliber play. Now, we've heard the story, though, a million times in the past that he's going to be ready for the start of the season, and then he just flat out isn't. It's the J.K. Dobbins you know, saga all over again. Now, there was yep. one more concern with Dobbins going in, and I think he was flirting with that date a little bit more than Williams seems to be but I will still have a lot of reservations. And in redraft this year, sweeping declaration, I will not take Javante Williams in a redraft league this year. Unless I would, I I would feel also yeah. uncomfortable this season with him. Even yeah, like we I said, mean, like we said, if he's ready week one, it's still going to take some time for him to get back to his level. Yeah, I well, mean, you know, if something crazy happens, he's sitting in, out there around six. Of course I'm going to take him. I'm not a psychopath, but like I'm not going to be the one that reaches on him in the second round either. Yeah, but but by the time we draft in August for redraft, his ADP is going to go up every single week. So at that point, it's like take him in the second round or just take a safe wide receiver. I'm saying the wide receiver. He is the typical player that is going to rise up in ADP because he's been so low throughout this offseason. Because of all the mock drafts people have done, they've seen him so low and they're going to see it as value. But people are going to have to buy into that risk and buy into medical professionals telling you the right thing. And none of us are medical professionals or have been able to tell how knee issues are going to be, you know, healing and anything like that. I mean, yeah, sure. You'll say, oh, modern medicine has come a long way. Well, like you said, (laughs) just like you said, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, it took a while. Saquon Barkley, two years ago, it took a while. I mean, Brees Hall right now is dealing with a very similar thing, and they're talking about him not playing in the beginning of the season. So you're taking on a lot of risk uh, with what his ADP will be. You're 100% correct. He's going to fly up ADP. And and the Broncos are still a team that, like, if they want to go out and grab a Zeke Elliott of the world are more than capable of doing that. If they make the judgment call that Williams can play, but not a hundred percent workload week one, Zeke's ready sitting there, you know, wanting a contract, give him just enough to get him on board, get him in camp and be good to go. I just think that's like the risk of him not having, 
enough touches to be valuable at, at all is, is too high. But who knows? We'll see. He could be again. He could come out and just light the world on fire. Adrian Peterson coming off an ACL puts up you know a million yards in the first two weeks. No one's AP. Nobody is. Yeah, a yeah that's freaking nature. Uh, Devonte Parker signs a three-year extension with the Patriots. Um, Pats fans, it's like eh. As so, non-Pats fans, it's like haha, you guys are idiots. But it saved us some cap space this season. Uh, what two well, two million bucks? I think it ended up being four point seven. Four point yeah. seven. So saved yeah. some space this year, and I saw that they converted the next two years to fully guaranteed contracts. So and, he's definitely getting cut next year. Like, yeah, and it's it's only fourteen million too. Where, yeah. yeah, you say only fourteen million for a wide receiver a couple of years ago. That's a lot, but for this past two seasons of that's a wide two receiver seasons, three or four and yeah, anything. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like it, it, Jones got like thirteen. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I think Nelson Aguilar might have gotten a very yeah same that deal was last year. <laughs> Aguilar ruined everything. I think he was seventeen, but yeah. that's that's now over. Um. So hopefully this helps us get to uh, D Hop, but I mean it's been a month now, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, da- Craig, do you want to take the next one? Um, I don't want to, particularly for selfish reasons, but um, Josh Jacobs, uh, primary uh, running back, one last year, uh, the lead leader in rushing, uh, is very much quietly sitting under the radar, not going to play Week One. Like it is a real thing to be concerned about because again. He was the league leader in rushing. He thinks he needs a bigger contract. He's sitting on the franchise tag at 10 million. And I mean, Saquon is too, and he's on side, but from you here with the giants, they're working on an extension. Whereas with the Raiders, there's nothing. It's all quiet. And I think people are going to start to catch on to it. And I don't know if the Raiders are the organization to sign a running back that, you know, uh, big for a long time. I know Josh McDaniels is going to be in the ear of the owners and saying that's not what they want to do. Uh, that's not how he wants to run his style. So this is a very, very intriguing um, off-season topic that hasn't been talked about, and it should be on everyone's uh, radar. Yeah, I think you'll see how much Josh McDaniels values the Belichick coaching tree that he comes off of if you see him pay or not pay Josh Jacobs. I mean, if he wants to go with what he's learned from Belichick, he's not paying Jacobs, you know, elite premier money. Uh, but that being said, we've already seen him split off from that when he went after uh, Devontae Adams aggressively and traded and acquired a, t- a top-tier wide receiver. So I think this kind of may be the move that cements his I am a Belichick disciple or I am not legacy, which would be kind of interesting to see unfold. Now, you talk about Josh Jacobs. I think we're talking about a guy who has every chance in the world to repeat that season. I mean, maybe not top of the league, but top five easy running backs in the league talent-wise and production-wise. So if there ever was a guy who deserved it, you know, Josh Jacobs has a pretty damn good case. Um, and previous to this, it was probably Austin Eckler who deserved it the most out of the three of them that were kind of getting hosed over by the teams. But Austin got paid, so we'll see. Um, looks like Barkley might get paid something. Josh Jacobs maybe odd man out. Who knows? Could be, yeah. Um, I mean, if you have him in Dynasty or not, get Zamir White. Like Craig said, it's 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 out there, but it's not talked about a lot. Uh, so you can get Zamir White for cheap third round pick go get him now because jacob sits i mean you have i'm not gonna say rb1 but a decent flex guy yeah at the very least as a jacob's owner i've already been in touch with the zamir white owner yeah and it's um not going well i mean the cars though (laughs) no it's uh derek oh yeah yeah. if you're aware of it know that they have a valuable asset that is never going to be this high again so he's probably what asking for like a late first. <laughs> if you're in leagues with like us though, like I'm saying like, oh, it's under the radar. Everyone in our league knows. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah so eh, depends your league mates, but yep, that's kind of scary, but it's still pretty early. Hopefully g- get a deal done. Uh Dow's gonna take the next one. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, but this is gonna be a weird one for me. It's a take I usually don't have. So Tyreek Hill, still a piece of shit. Um, is what we have in here. But <laughs> From what I saw, this assault that he's been most recently accused of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm not up to date with the, the latest uh, revelations, but I saw that he smacked like an employee somewhere in like the back of the head after he was told not to be in a certain 
area or do something or he was asked to leave and he didn't want to leave. So if that's, if that's the long and short of it, you can go ahead and smack anybody in the back ahead you want. That's, that's not going to get on my radar. I'm fine with that. It's always, it wasn't like a child. It's, it's cool. It's one of those paid out of, uh, out of court things. Like it's the same thing with Devonte Adams shoving that, um, cameraman. Yeah, they right. sat, they settled. They're yeah, not, I'm he's not going gonna... to, that doesn't even, that doesn't even pop up on my radar. I'm liable to do that to somebody Ooh, on a yeah. basis. I think um, it was dropped too. And then yeah. it's opened back up. Cause the guy's probably like, Oh shit. never mind. I, I, I can just sit. Like, a million. He's like, shit. He's like, dude, it's Tyreek Hill. What am I thinking? Whatever you want to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, there's another one too. Oh, that was similar to the Zeke Elliott one where he pushed the guy at the carnival or like a, it was a, I think it was a concert. A concert, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. A carnival. Um, like, well, why is it a carnival? <laughs> Come on, so you need to be he's there. He's out there beating up carnies. <laughs> no, so really, like, that's that how he mind. got his hair, uh, hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one for me, you know, Tyreek, I don't like you as a person. I still think you're a piece of shit, but this doesn't move the needle at all for me. Um, you get a pass. You know what one we don't have written down but does move the needle is um... – is the Hassan Haskins? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Strang- strangling his girlfriend. Both of them got arrested too. I guess she beat the shit out of him. He beat the shit out of her. So listen, that guy's not long for the NFL. <laughs> so yeah, that one, yeah. that one is is a problem. You saw the uh, the old Rams running back Zach uh, Stacy. Yeah, Zach Stacy. He's in jail now, like legit in jail. That okay. video is falling. So deserved. Uh, it, yeah, so. Hassan Haskins. I'm not. I didn't get all the details on his, but. It, he was a legitimate handcuff if you were a Derrick Henry owner. So, um, see you later. Yeah, that, I, I, I mean, Ty J. Spears. I wouldn't even hold a roster spot for him at this point. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Ty J. Spears is is, is going to take over for that anyway. Yeah, um, and then I I think they still had another running back that they were using last year too. Julius Chestnut. Dontrell Hilliard. You have Chestnut, but it's Hilliard. I thought was Hilliard's not. He's a free agent. Yeah, he's not even on the okay. team anymore. Which, I, which I'm shocked at being. He could be out of the league and he played just yeah. fine too. So, uh, and then the last bit of news: Sony Michelle signs with the Rams. Who's with them in 2021, I believe. Played pretty good. Um, when Akers got hurt, so. Yeah, it's an interesting add just because there's no running back in Los Angeles so far. Like, really, I mean, yeah, Cam Akers is probably the guy, but they, you've already seen them use him weirdly and then not use him and then him kind of be pissy and want to trade. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, interesting when any running back joins that room and then Scott, your boy is still floating around there. Uh, Kyron. Yeah. I mean, signing Sonny Michelle <laughs> doesn't bode well for Kyron. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. All right. Uh, we'll get right into it. Didn't say it before, but the podcast is uh, AFC North Division preview. Going to start getting into these, hammer these out, and then get to the fun stuff with mock drafts and all that good shit. Um, all right. I'll take the first one. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, first in the division. Do you want to go? At... Actually, all right, stop. Worst to best, probably. Yeah, okay. Because I, I feel like each time we do, we're like, oh, Cleveland Browns. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. So last in the division last year, Cleveland Browns uh, with a seven and ten record. Um, Kevin Stefanski is coming back. I think it's his fourth year. Alex Van Pelt, the same OC from the last couple years. Um, this is a team that I thought was going to make the playoffs last year with Jacoby Brissett. Deshaun Watson comes in and completely just shits the bed. Um, you had Amari Cooper as a top five receiver. I think he was when Deshaun played, he was like a wide receiver 60, if that, or something like that. But just to get into a few guys, um, of course, they still have Deshaun Watson. Jacoby Brissett is gone. Um, Nick Chubb's still there, of course. He should have a fantastic year once again. A uh, big one that's lost is Kareem Hunt. He's been there for the last couple of seasons. He's still a free agent. I think he'll sign somewhere, but uh, we'll get into that probably in a month during training camps when he's probably going to be signed by a random team. Um, notable wide receivers that are still there, Amari Cooper. That's about it. Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, still there. Had some good games last season as well, but just to get on some guys that 
were either signed or traded for um, this offseason. Biggest name is Elijah Moore, traded pretty cheap. I think, was it a third-round pick or some kind of swap? Yeah, it was not much. I remember uh, I wanted wondering why the Patriots didn't go for him. But, um, yeah, he's. I think he's going to be an impact player for whatever the price was, really. I mean, you've seen him be a top-tier guy. Yeah, and, I mean, Marcus Goodwin's there if he makes – the roster again, David Bell from last season is is still there too. So, um, and as for tight end, David Njoku was he franchise tagged or did he get a contract? He got he tagged, and then yeah. I think they extended him. Yep, and I think that was last season, was it not? Or if, if it, no, you you're probably right. I was, I was gonna say if it was this season, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It, it had happened a while ago. What was uh, free agency back down in April? <laughs> Yeah. So you're like a very sneaky 80 targets though. So that's something to keep your eye on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big talk, I feel like, uh in the in the sleeper uh conversation uh for tight ends. Um and if not, uh, people will be catching on and he's gonna be, you know, probably looked at as a top ten tight end. The thing that troubles me, and I think I said this before, was that um well like last year. Deshaun Watson doesn't never has never really had a tight end that he like dominated yep. with, but he's also never really had anybody that's this massive talent at tight end. So it'll be, yeah. I mean, the other thing too is, I mean, let's see. I, he had Bill O'Brien over in um, Houston, and then um, uh, the coach here now, uh, Kevin Stefanski, came over from Minnesota, where they had used was it Rudolph all those years. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a possibility that I think that that's a that's a good spot. And again, like we talked about with the wide receiver area, um, you know, yeah, they have Amari Cooper, but it's really kind of a question mark. Uh, I think, in my opinion, it should be Elijah Moore's wide receiver too. I think that's a great get for them. I think he's going to play very well uh, in in the slot for them. Um, but they have you know dpj and you know even this this cedric tillman guy that they drafted that could possibly or potentially even um so you know get get in some targets yeah and just going back to tight end real quick um they did sign jordan atkins who was a surprising tight end 17 on the season um deshaun watson played with him in houston sleeper of the year he's a good blocker of the ball yeah he played with him in Houston and didn't use them once. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So just some, some, some team stats. Um, last year, their offensive rank was 13. Uh, pass rank was 23. Russian rank was six. Makes a lot of sense. On the defensive side, points against um, 20. Um, yards, uh, yards allowed 15. Passing yards allowed five and then their rushing yards allowed were 25 which is pretty low vacated targets only 58 um so again we're talking about those wide receivers there's got to be a two but again there's not a lot of targets to go around and a lot of those came from cream hunt by himself i think 44 did so you had to think maybe they use some of those targets there to the running back making the wide receiver just kind of like yeah I think in general they just got better at the wide receiver position, right? I don't know how well they, you know, loved having Donovan Peoples Jones as their wide receiver two or David Bell as their three. Like I think they they just shift. I think that David Bell becomes a fringe roster guy. Uh and so with Elijah Moore coming in, I, I just think that, you know, the targets get away from that. Donovan Peoples Jones getting ninety six targets is a is a really high number for a talent like him. Um, I mean, Amari Cooper's never going to lose uh, targets. He had 132 last year. I, I do think you also look at an increase in the number of overall targets that exist this year with Deshaun Watson playing a full slate instead of Jacoby Brissett playing the first 10, 11 yeah, games. It's true. And, and exactly to that point, it was Deshaun Watson's like preseason last year because he and what was it? He came in, you know, he played six games, right? So he he was off for what two and a half years, a year and a half. I, I can't remember how long he was off, but he has not played football in a long time. So 
even when he was in, I think it was still just trying to game manage and get back his feet. You know, the, the Browns knew last year was going to be a, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think this this year they should be a much different looking team, but still with the basis of a, a very uh, talented defense and a very very talented running back. Which great start, right? <laughs> start with those pieces, you get an elite quarterback, and you figure it out from there. So um, we'll see. All right. Um, enough about, about the Browns, I guess. Let's go to the Steelers. Uh, yeah. Dows, do you want to start with that one? Surely I will. Uh, last year, the Steelers went 9-8. and eight. It was the first year, right, they missed the playoffs under Tomlin in his entire uh, coaching career, which spans, well, as a head coach, 16 years. That's a little bit unfortunate, but not to be unexpected with Kenny Pickett under center for the majority of the season. Uh he had, I would say, a, a kind of a tough year, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. But with the way this team was so disjointed around him, I don't want to put it all just on the quarterback. The defense struggled in in a lot of regards. They had injuries throughout the season. Um, it just wasn't a great, great system for, for him. And then you had the regression with Najee Harris this year. I mean, you saw him come crashing back down to reality. He still managed to put together a 1,000-yard rushing season. But I think the important thing to remember is that a thousand yard season is not what it used to be in the NFL with the additional game um, that they're all playing that drops the average to, we did the math last year, to like 70 yards a week. You can end up with a thousand yard season. I think it's lower so, than that. Yeah. I don't know what the exact math is, but don't worry about that. Um, the more important thing is I want to talk about uh, Alan Robinson coming over here. Chase who departed in the middle of last year. Uh, I, I think this is probably just another quarterback in the long line of Allen Robinson not having an elite one to pair with and probably another year where he fails to uh, meet any expectations. I don't know what his expectations might even be this year as a redraft player. He might not even be draftable dynasty. I think he's too old to have much value, but as far as the NFL goes, if you pair him, he doesn't have to be a real number one. You have Deontay Johnson, who commands, like, what, 140 targets plus. Again, what do you have this year? 147 targets. And you still have George Pickens around, and Allen Robinson can have a, a, a third or wide receiver three or depth piece role. I think the offense can work that way. I mean, we've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers run three uh, wide receivers for, for years now. And I say it every year, the Steelers uh, scout wide receivers better than anybody I've ever seen. So if they say Allen Robinson is worth adding, it makes me it makes me at least look at him uh, for the first time in quite a while. So that's probably enough time on Allen Robinson, though. Um, Najee Harris, he had Jalen Warren, apparently, allegedly, if you listen to Dickey, breathing down his neck last year. But Jalen Warren only ended up having... 77 rush attempts for 379 yards and 33 targets for 28 catches. Um, I wouldn't call that a, a breakout season by any means. Um, but a lot of people are still saying Jalen Warren's the, the running back of the future. I don't see it. I'm a Najee Harris guy, at least thinking that it's going to be his job unless he's hurt. Um, beyond that, I don't really know. Much. Oh, yeah, they drafted Darnell Washington, right? That was them. Yeah, Darnell Washington at tight end. I don't know what role he has, if any, probably mostly as a blocker. I don't think he's going to come in uh, surplant Friermuth by by any means. So, uh, yeah, that's really it. They didn't lose a ton of talent. I mean, Benny Snell, depth running back, Steven Sims, who cares? Uh, Chase Claypool was traded, so we've already seen them play without him. And uh, Marcus Allen plays defense, so we're good. Well, he has some stats in there, so I'd toss him in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and one guy that's not on here is Kevin Austin, just because he had zero stats last year because he was hurt for the the entire year. But um, just a guy to, you know, follow a bit in case Allen Robinson, you know, just is as bad as he was the last two years. Kevin yeah, Austin can step into that third role. Like, there's a world where Robinson is just, I don't want to say Kenny Galladay because I don't want to wish that name on anyone. Yeah. But if he is, he he's old enough to be Kenny Galladay. Like that's fine. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I was gonna say one interesting thing that I'm looking at here is if you look at the Steelers' offensive touches, they're ranked ninth. But if you look at points or yards produced, you're at 26th and 23rd. So to have that many touches and not produce anything, I would say is a bit alarming. Um, I mean, if you're getting the the reps and opportunities. It's probably because your defense isn't putting you in positions to succeed, so you're still on the field a lot. 
But if you're having all those reps, you'd expect maybe Kenny Pickett to have some falsely inflated passing totals or even Najee Harris to have some inflated uh, yardage totals, and neither of them do. So um, it's a little unfortunate. It's like a team maybe like the Atlanta Falcons from years ago when it was Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Roddy White and all these guys playing together, and they all had huge stats because their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed and they scored 40 points a game yep. but lost because the team against them scored 56. But, um, yeah, I just – I mean, I'm, I'm confused as to what this team's doing. I don't see um, a particular direction. I haven't seen, like, a huge ideology shift from them. So – think really this year in this division you might expect more of the same if not worse i mean you've got the three the three other teams the bengals the ravens and the browns who have all either gotten better or stayed the same at their kind of elite level and then you've got the steelers that are kind of falling by the wayside um which is kind of sad to see but it's funny that the steelers and patriots are doing it at the same time when they were the previous kings of the divisions for so long yeah um yeah, I guess that's really that's all I got. Yeah, I mean a nine and eight record with like the rookie quarterback isn't that like they missed it by what a game I think playoffs. Yeah. But I mean it, it all comes down to Kenny Pickett. If he can you know have the sophomore bump season, it's it, it mean it, it's it's all through him. Like you can't right. be all right now as you run the ball, win the game, right. pick it. You gotta you know just be better. Yeah, and it sucks if you're the Najee owner because your potential success is tied directly to Kenny Pickett and his ability to produce anything. If he can't produce... That's what you saw last year, the 3.8 yards per carry. They're just... Right. He's in the game. They just bottle him up. Yeah, I mean, they know who the ball is going to, and if professional NFL defenses know who the ball is going to, it's usually pretty easy to stop it, so... Um, I mean, I'm just looking at Najee's stats right now. He did turn it up towards the end of the season, and I know he was nursing that foot injury, so maybe health he, plays into it a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, he played every game, which I'm shocked because I'm like, I own him. <laughs> I think every week was like, is he playing on Sunday? Yeah, yeah he's season. in there, but is he fully healthy? No. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the, the Jalen Warren talk came from. It's like, okay, well, this is the week Jalen Warren's going to finally get the start. And that week never really came. So yeah, and I, I don't know if you said the vacated targets or attempts, but eighty vac- vacated targets, vacated rushing attempts, f- fifty-one. So not not n- not much too crazy there. Yeah, and again, if we're talking about the the ninth most offensive touches, then I would say there's probably some sort of theoretical cap to the number of touches that they're they're going to produce on top of what they've already done. So eighty and fifty-one might very well be near the the absolute cap. You know, I don't I don't picture the Steelers getting an additional fifty, you know, uh, passing attempts out just because their offense clicks a little bit more. If anything, the offense clicks and they get fewer attempts. So those eighty and fifty-one might be even lower. Yeah. Um, and you don't really have, like we said, Allen Robinson comes in. Whoop de do. More likely, you see um, Dante Johnson stick around at one hundred forty-seven, hundred fifty-ish targets. That might be even on the high side, but you'll then probably see George Pickens take on a much larger role. Go up, season. yeah. Go his way. I think he's earned it. And, uh, he's deserved it. And then, you know, maybe a few more looks out of the backfield to the running backs or something like that. Yep. That's all fair. All right. And next team, the Baltimore Ravens, second in the division last year, 10 and 7 record. Um, Kind of very high to start the season. And then, Lamar got banged up and just wasn't playing the same. I think the first four weeks he was like, I want to say like 30 points a game. Oh, yeah. He was by far and away the like QB1. MVP like of the NFL talks. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of came crashing down. And we didn't think we'd be that bad because in 2021, we saw Tyler Huntley play great uh, when Lamar got hurt. Huntley comes in. Good God, was he fucking horrible. He he was so bad. Yeah, he looked like he forgot to play football. I forgot how to play football. Yeah. Um. So he couldn't save the day. They made the playoffs great, but um. I mean, after Lamar was pretty much sh- shut down for the season, it was kind of a shit show. Um, John Harbaugh is still there, of course. This is his sixteenth year. Uh, new OC Todd Munkin. I don't know too much about him. Uh, Craig had to step away for a second. I know. 
he's the head coach guy. So when he's back, we can kind of dive deep into that. But other than that, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, um, they'll return, of course. Um, the only scary thing is J.K. Dobbins is not happy because of the contract negotiations. Uh, he might set out to, even though I feel like he doesn't have too much to say. He has barely played in his early career. So, you know, to, demanding of them to, to give you an extension right now before your contract's even up, when you haven't played half the games uh, in three years, I don't know. There's no leverage there for Dobbins. So if he does sit out, I think he's going to destroy his career. But hopefully he doesn't because I would love to see him fully healthy to start this season. Yeah, I mean, you've got essentially an employee who has called out sick for one out of three years and he's demanding a raise. So uh, you know how that tends to go. But I think the, the entire success of the Baltimore Ravens is dependent on what Lamar Jackson can do, whether it's passing the ball, running the ball, or something in between. Now, Munkin is much less of a run-first guy than Greg Roman. Um, I'll let Craig talk about Munkin a little bit more in depth, but that's that's the gist of it from what I've seen, is that he's much more of a pass-the-ball, 50-50 split-type guy instead of this run-the-ball 60-65% of the time, like insane numbers. So um, if you can do that, maybe that keeps Lamar healthy a little bit longer. Maybe you let the running backs actually run the ball like they're paid to do. And – Hopefully Lamar Jackson can maybe develop a little bit more as a passer. I do think he's made significant strides. I occasionally get pushed back on that from various people, but um, I just think when you watch him actually play some games, he makes some throws that you don't really expect to make or expect him to make, then he'll go ahead and miss an easy one. So maybe it's, uh, you know, a little fluky and maybe he needs to work on some consistency, but he had a, you know, completion percent, what, 63, 62%. Um, you'd like to see that maybe closer to 65 if you want to consider yourself an elite quarterback. But when he's running as much as he is, um, maybe he's forced to the ball. Who knows? But I think the entire success of this team is tied to Lamar Jackson's performance. And I think that's why they paid him, you know, $260 million. Yeah. So, yeah, just to get back to Todd Munkin, because I know you had mentioned it. Um, for sure, he's less less run first. You know, that's that's going to kind of go away. Um, outside of the fact that you do have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, nothing's going to change there. You're still gonna you're still gonna use him. But he was the the Georgia uh, offensive coordinator for the last three years and was with Baker Mayfield, I think, um, at one point too in college. So he's uh, he's a normal, you know, the offensive style is going to be completely, um, I think, different the way he's going to handle it in the NFL. So there's really not a lot of uh, insight that you can give on uh, offensive coordinator that's coming from college. I mean, even look at what we talked about with Cliff Kingsbury when he came out of college, he completely changed his offense and that's what got him the job in the NFL. So, uh, but I would expect, you know, more passing, um, which is probably a good thing because they uh, revamped their entire receiving core, <laughs> basically outside of Rashard Bateman. Um, Odell Beckham, we'll see what, what actually he can bring to the table for that offense. Um, uh, from, from what I read, Munkin is, is he likes to use sideline uh, in, in passing situations. And I think that Odell would be good for that. Um, and I think it should open up say flowers and, and, and have Bateman on the other side uh, on the sideline as well. Yeah. Plus they added Nelson Aguilar, who we know is elite. So Good. <laughs> Um, I I did add in um, under quarterback stats. If you guys see James Prochet, uh, mm. one attempt passing last year for an interception. <laughs> just I, I just That's had to add it in there. Got a boy. Uh, a say, this is a, a small move, but they did sign Josh Johnson, who is a veteran backup quarterback, um, and that could be indicative of Tyler Huntley being just exactly that bad. Uh, they may be looking to to move on. So if you have a Lamar Jackson share, which I do, and you also roster a guy like Tyler Huntley, it may be worthwhile to to take a look at Josh Johnson in, in the event of an injury. But that's probably yeah. – he's probably not getting picked up by anybody else in your league, so you've got some time. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's played in probably every offensive scheme anyways. Yeah. Um, so you can bring him in. He's been on so many teams, so. Um. 
Yeah, not too much with the wide receivers. They have Duvernay, who's worth a first-round pick in, in one of our leagues. I don't expect him to do much at all, especially with Zay Flowers there. Um, it's just such an afterthought to me. I mean, he did 50 targets last year when he was basically the only wide receiver for a stretch. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, because yeah, Bateman was pr- pretty much six games for Bateman. Fuck. Yeah, and six is generous for what he like actually contributed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, did we talk Mark Andrews? Not yet. Okay. I mean, I can just bring it up. I mean, he's he's obviously going to be the number one target. Um, and you know, he did he did miss some time last year, and it, sh- it shows only. Uh, I think what, they play eighteen now or or seventeen now, so two games missed. But I feel like he was er- uh, hurt sometimes, uh, uh, where Isaiah likely was able to step up. Um, and there's a there's a thought too that with with Georgia had utilized multiple tight end sets that I think that they could do that with likely and Andrews who knows how they run their offense again, but I, I, I think likely getting 60 targets last year, I think is pretty important to note um, with, you know, Mark Andrews getting 113. I mean, they even likely had the second most targets on the team. So it's, it's, it's nothing to look past. I think it's very likely. Damn it. You stole mine. I was going to say that. Their game plan. Um, I mean, he looked nasty too. And I mean, I think he could flex out and play a, a wide receiver or slot role if he wanted to. So there's, I think there's a lot of stuff you can do with both of them on the field. These are just the Ravens hitting on two tight ends every year. It's if it's yeah, Hurst or it. Andrews, get rid of Hurst, draft likely, boom. They even Come had a Boyle years ago or something. Boyle, Nick, he was nasty. Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle, yep. Yep. Patty Ricard, who's a fullback, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, tight end convert. <laughs> he plays every position. <laughs> um, and then a few guys that are gone. It's shocking. Vacated rushing attempts, uh, 117. Kenyon Drake had 109 attempts last season. <laughs> a lot of injuries. I think that was a yeah, lot of injuries. It was it was definitely the beginning of the season of just waiting on on the, J.K. Dobbins. Well, and Gus Edwards too. I think Gus was out for and six Gus. weeks, and yeah. so six weeks. Did Gus Edwards ever come back last year? Did he play? Yeah, he played nine yeah. games. Which oh, he did play surprising. nine games again. Almost five yards of carry. This guy just <laughs> guy's good, man. You can see why they like him every year. He's got five yards of carry, but like, got to stay healthy, bud. And then vacated targets, one hundred and. 50, which plenty of uh, new blood to get those targets. So we'll see what's up with Todd Munkin and see how that offense runs this year. Very excited. Um, All right, Craig, do you want to start with the Bengals? Yeah, I can with start. The Bengals, I guess. Yeah, let's 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 start and end there. Um, I don't geez, this team is is never changing. Uh, I feel like the last two, three seasons, they have only changed tight ends. Um, and so, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals end the season last year at 12 and four. Um, no, you know, without uh fail, they've, they've had one of the best offenses in the league. Um, uh, offensive rank was uh point score was eight passing rank was six. Uh, rushing rank was a little bit lower. Um, a little bit, I mean, third last, uh, and then, um, <laughs> Uh, their defense actually did pretty well too, just to run through their numbers. Points against five, uh, seven yard, uh, for rank for yards allowed, um, and um, you know five for rushing and and sixteen for passing. So they they pretty much again bring back all their same players, same head coach, same offensive coordinator. Um, Joe Burrow had a great season once again. Um, you know, top three, four fantasy quarterback right now. Uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase are going to be the stalwarts again. Last three seasons, uh, Tyler Boyd is still there, so we, you know, we still have that that situation. A lot of people thought that maybe he'd get cut and there'd be some changes. That's not the case. Um, the only one that left is Hayden Hurst, but they brought in Irv Smith, who's a very similar type of tight end. Um, so, so again, not much changing with this offense. Um, Joe Mixon was rumored to be cut. He's not. He's staying. Um, so what you've seen is what you can expect. What's not? Yeah, they, they all seem to like each other there, which is like one of the very rarely seen things in the NFL. So they don't have to break them up. And Joe Burrow wants them together. They'll probably keep them as long as they can. Yeah, like all three receivers. I mean, Boyd gets paid pretty decent. So like Boyd has made his money too. So if he's going to take a pay cut next year to get 
Higgins and Chase to sign. He will. And and they all said that they would take pay cuts. Burrow did take a pay cut. And then Jamar Chase said he'd rework his contract. Like, they're keeping the gang together. And yeah. they just got to get Joe Mixon to take it or else he might get cut. Yeah. But Joe Mixon's still like a sneak. I mean, what's up with his legal thing? Is he's he fine. Still, he's is fully he? exculpated. Nothing. He didn't okay. Do okay. There wasn't even anybody on his property. I think he's got racist neighbors. I think that's their story they're sticking oh, to. He's got a pretty bad pass, so I I I don't blame anyone. <laughs> um but sticking with the running backs, um Craig said Hurst was the big one that left. So actually P. Ryan's also a uh, big player that left. He's been there for the last couple years. Um he's done a fine job if if Nixon's hurt or n- needs a breather, but they uh drafted Chase Brown. Not sure what round was it three or four. I think I honestly want to say it's more in the four range. Yeah, um, maybe I five. actually have I actually have the draft chart up. So just give me a second, and I can tell you while you keep going. Yep. So, um, Chase Brown. They still have uh, Trevion Williams, Chris Evans, the rookie from last year. So it'll be interesting to see who takes that role for. Um, fifth round. I guess, I guess the fifth, yeah fifth round. Fifth round. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Fourth so. round they got a wide receiver, and sixth round they got a wide receiver too. I think that's it's just so interesting <laughs> that they keep adding wide receivers yeah. to this team. I mean, maybe it's like, hey, you know, if Boyd, wants yeah, if to- they do <laughs> lose, I think that's probably some. You yeah. know, if they do lose Boyd, if they do lose Higgins, I think they're trying to get ahead of it, um, which is so smart. I mean, if this is how good teams operate, this is how good organizations figure out how to replace players is you do it years in advance. You don't just wait and go, oh, shit, I don't have a quarterback. Let me sign Cam Newton. Right. (laughs) It's not to the Patriots. So the Bengals are doing what the Ravens do on defense. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Just keep on drafting the same guys, same position that work best for you. Yeah, and and like you had mentioned with Samaj P. Ryan, like you right, he did do pretty well. And I'm I'm not sure if if Trevion Henderson um is still there or not, but um or Trevion Williams, excuse yep. me, and he is. Um, but there will be competition between him and Chase Brown to be the backup. And like we all have all known with Joe Mixon in his past, even though he may have uh, he's he's lulled you into a self uh, a false sense of security now that he's been healthy for a couple of times. Um, one of them is going to get in and step up. W- one of them is going to be a, a, a fantasy flex player or even an RB2 while Joe Mixon is out. Um, those are the types of players that you know you can count on. It's a, it's a game plan that, um, you know, when when a top running back goes out in the offense, you, you get their backup. Like they, they should be, once we figure out which one it is, um, they should be at the top of your, your handcuff li- uh, list, Scotty. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even it, rule. Uh, I wouldn't rule out Chris Evans either. I mean, he's, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's true. Back argument, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a three person race. Um, I mean, usually mid mid August, um, you'll kind of have you know beat writers kind of tell you who it is. You'll kind of see it in the third week of preseason. Um, and then if you draft after that. You know, staying the guy, but it, it, this is more like dynasty talk. Like, get these guys for cheap now, p- pick them up now. Doesn't pan out, drop them. Well, we can't in our league because that's cost a dollar, and I have three, <laughs> so I, I can't just be picking up random guys to drop. Towards <laughs> a little uh, different. All right, um, Dows, who finishes first in the, the division? Bengals. Craig. Yeah, I would honestly say that the division lasts very similar. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to take it a step further. Baltimore and then uh, Brown Steelers. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue that at all. Yeah, I just think the Browns got better. The Steelers didn't. And then Bengals and Ravens. Maybe in their head-to-head matchups, if the Ravens can steal two games, they could flip it. But I think it's really going to boil down to however those games go. I don't think we even know until we see what this new look offense for the Ravens looks like. Yeah. yeah. It, yep. it can be very beneficial too for, for Lamar Jackson and fantasy purposes, instead of having him run, um, you know, as, as many times as they have. I know last year was a little bit more of a down season because he didn't play all, all uh, games, but 
you know, what was it? 326 at six attempts still. So, or no, excuse me. That was, that was his passing <laughs> 112 <laughs> rushing attempts. Um, yeah. if, if they would be smarter and just use him in those gadgety things that like Jalen hurts does like, cool. You can still use those down by the goal line, punch it in, but let's like, you know, don't ask him to rip off 60 yard gainers and take like three hits and dodge four tacklers. That's not helpful. I think they understand it too, especially after signing that contract. It's it's time to protect our investment. Yeah, and honestly, the organization probably knows it just fine. It's probably having a conversation with Lamar saying, "Hey, bud, I need you not to do that." Do you, you want to play in things. five years? <laughs> then play like this. All right. Maybe you should talk to RG three real quick. Yeah. He was on the team uh, three four years <laughs> ago. Right. That's right. Uh, poor RG three. <laughs> all right well uh anything else for this division guys i'll talk about no i think that pretty much wraps it up i'd agree all right all right um dows craig you want to take us out yeah sure uh as always shelfies we appreciate you listening be sure to uh check back probably early next week for the results of uh the Scott Fish Bowl, we'll probably have those up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, something for you to take a look at. Hopefully we dominate the competition, um, even though it's friendly and for charity, but we still like to win. Um, yeah, as always, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY, Top Shelf Fantasy on all your major social media outlets. Shoot us Twitter questions with all of your draft questions as we start getting in towards draft season. Uh, stay up to date on the website. Make sure you're checking out our draft kit should be coming shortly. We'll get all this stuff done. Well, it's still July, so maybe another month max to get you the draft kit and all that stuff. But by the time you're doing redraft league stuff, you'll be you'll be well equipped with everything that you'll need. Um, as always, for me, Scotty and Craig and Tom who's on vacation. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid.